This is Sports Radio 100.9, The Myth. You've waited patiently all day. All wait. They were patient. They didn't get rushed. But Great Lakes Bay region, we finally arrived at the payoff from high school. House call for Isom. To college. Connor Stallions. Like, bro, get a life. To the pros. Say anything about Clayton Toon. No. And that's why I like it. We cover everything a Michigan sports fan could want. This is uncharted territory. And now, here they are. It's the payoff. Well, how's it going, everybody? Happy Wednesday. We welcome you into the Blazy Electric Studio here in Dow Diamond, getting you ready for another edition of the payoff. I'm Ben Bosher, John Vicari with me as well. As always, we've got a lot of fun stuff planned out today. We'll get to the lions in the second half of the show. Are they pretenders? Are they contenders? A lot of smoke around this team right now. There's going to be a lot of questions answered on Sunday against the chargers. It's kind of one of the last real tests for the Detroit lions. The remainder of the season, not really going to get tested again until week 17 against Dallas. So a big one. Coming up on Sunday. We'll get to that in the second half of the show. We're starting the show off with, of course, a little Big Ten action. No, not basketball. Football. It's been a game of chicken with the Big Ten and the Michigan Wolverine football program. Are you going to punish Jim Harbaugh or are you not? If you do, Michigan's coming in with this legal team. They're going to defend Jim Harbaugh. Until they can't defend him no no more. All hell is about to break loose. Yesterday I told you it'd be today. Big Ten pushes it back a day. And they basically say, we'll make our move tomorrow. Michigan response today. Basically saying everything we already knew. If you're going to come at Jim Harbaugh, we're coming at you legally. Because you can't do this. This is ridiculous. To me, this is a loophole in the system. The NCAA is not allowed to suspend Jim Harbaugh until their investigation is done. So they're providing information to the Big Ten so the Big Ten can suspend Jim Harbaugh before the investigation is done. The Big Ten's not doing their own investigation. The Big Ten's relying on information from the NCAA so they can punish Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines. Seems like a loophole in the system, and right now it's just a big game of chicken. And to be honest, there is no scenario... There are zero outcomes to any of this where everyone is happy. Either Michigan is going to get the short end of the stick and then teams like Rutgers, Ohio State, they're not going to get punished. And Purdue, who all allegedly knew Michigan signs in the Big Ten championship game and both Ohio State and Rutgers were helping out Purdue. So either everyone's going to get punished and the Big Ten's going to eat each other alive or just Michigan's going to be punished, or no one's going to be punished. Either way, no one's, no one's entirely satisfied. And regardless, Tony Petiti will have people coming for him. Tony Petiti will not be a likes commissioner by the end of this, no matter what he does. And guess who's observing all of this and just laughing hysterically the entire time? Everybody in the SEC. In the SEC commissioner, Greg Sankey who hasn't had to deal with any of this mess. This is the least of Tony Petiti's problems once four new teams are joining the Big Ten next year. Imagine what he's going to have to deal with then when everyone's complaining about the travel schedule. Four teams from the West Coast coming out to the Big Ten. 
Greg Sankey's going to sit back and laugh. He doesn't have to deal with drama. He's absorbing Texas and Oklahoma, two of the biggest programs in the entire country, and they don't have to deal with too big of a time difference. And he's been very adamant about that. He has not wanted to add any teams from the West Coast simply due to time. Now, here's the thing. If, if Michigan gets the short end of the stick here, Tony Petiti comes down trying to punish Jim Harbaugh. Meanwhile, Ohio State, Rutgers, and Purdue get off the hook with no punishment. Michigan's going to feel like they got short-ended. So if Michigan thinks they get screwed, what's stopping them from continuing this game of chicken, basically doing game of chicken on steroids and looking dead at the Big Ten and saying, all right, if you want to suspend us without real reason, we'll just leave the Big Ten. I'm sure the SEC would be happy to take us. Greg Sankey said, we're not not looking to add any other teams after Oklahoma and Texas. However, you guys remember that big conference alliance? Shouldn't believe anything any of these commissioners say. And even to his point of not wanting to add any teams to the Big Ten, his biggest leg to stand on there was, I don't want to mess with the time zone things. Well, if Michigan's joining the Big Ten, guess what? In the same time zone as, or joining the SEC, they're in the same time zone as everything else. Every other team in the SEC. So if Michigan were to look at the Big Ten and say, then we'll leave if you try to suspend us. What do they do? Is there pee running down their legs? Are they shaking in their boots? Or could the Big Ten survive just fine without them? Answer's not really the latter. What's been the most watched game in college football last two seasons? Michigan and Ohio State. Last season, Michigan has two of the top 10 games most watched. The year before, Michigan has two of the top 10 games. You can basically lock in the block M to have two of the top 10 games watched in the course of a college football season. You don't really want to lose that if you're the Big Ten. Big Ten's had, in the last 20 most watched games, 10 from this year, 10 from the year before, or excuse me, 10 from last year, 10 from the year prior. Big Ten has seven, SEC has 10. If you're the Big Ten and you lose Michigan, you lose the highest rated game of the year. Every year, Michigan and Ohio State. And I get it. All these Big Ten, these new media deals for the Big Ten, SEC, even the Big 12. They're there. Big Ten's going to be fine for the next seven years with this deal with Fox, CBS, and NBC. But everyone's always looking towards the future. And if Michigan were to look Big Ten in the eyes and say, you know what? If you're going to come down with the suspension on us and no one else, we'll just leave. What would Tony Petiti do? Because right now it feels like Tony Petiti's able to be pushed over. All the coaches got mad at him, said Jim Harbaugh should be in trouble, should face a, you know, a, some criticism, should face a punishment this year. And he said, okay, give me a week. We'll find out tomorrow if he's actually serious about this. What if Michigan were to look back at Petini and say, you know what, then we'll leave. How do you make everyone happy in this situation, John? How do you even quantify what's going on? Because we've never seen this sort of mess before. I know, I, I, it's uncharted territory, as the intro says in our show. <laughs> it is. And you laid out some great points 
Ohio State is still the Big Ten's cash cow. You can look through the ratings, and, and we're just going through this year, right? An Ohio State-Western Kentucky game is in the top five of the ratings uh, in a college football week that was pretty dry, where Michigan versus really non-entertaining opponents doesn't draw the same number. But Ohio State versus Michigan's the game. That's for the one. a reason. And like you said, Michigan is a big component. I would still put Ohio State, even though people don't want to hear that, uh, a tick above them in terms of at the national ratings level. But Michigan is obviously huge. And you mentioned this media rights deal. Newly signed in both football and basketball, but we're going to focus on football because, you know, that's what we're talking about right now. But it's CBS, Fox, and NBC in on this venture. They did that with the impression that Michigan's not going anywhere, of course. That Michigan was one of, you know, the strong pillars of why you get the Big Ten. Why CBS is willing, and they are willing to do it, right? I mean, Alabama versus LSU was just the highest rated game uh of this season and it was on CBS and everything, but ESPN's taking the SEC. So CBS now needs the big 10. So it's just an interesting layer that, yeah, if Michigan goes to the SEC, that hurts the big 10 a lot. And that I don't think is the only course of action Michigan can take, but it's probably the most, uh, I would say impactful right now. Like that's the thing you threaten. And like you said, everyone in conference gets a little, a little scared. Because the Big Ten media rights deal wasn't negotiated on the backs of Rutgers and Maryland. Nope. It was structured on the backs of Ohio State and Michigan. And I don't care how many schools you get from the Pac-12. USC is a monster draw. I get that. Washington's turning into that because they're good. But but they're, they're Michigan never going to be Michigan-Ohio State. No, they're the, not in these top 10 rankings of all these games. Regardless of who joins, Michigan and Ohio State are the top two dogs and I'm not just talking on a competition level. I'm talking in terms of a rating, in terms of a natural, a national interest level. It's Ohio State and Michigan in the Big Ten, and there's no disputing that. USC has Caleb Williams, the best prospect we've had since Andrew Luck, if not you tell me when, maybe since we've been alive. And they're not anywhere to be found in the top ten what most watch games of either of the last two seasons. No. That tells you Col- everything Colorado's you Colorado's got a better average. Col- much better. <laughs> and you meant you say Ohio State's a top dog. People aren't going to like to hear it, but you're right. Yeah. Because outside of the Michigan versus Ohio State game, mm-hmm. Ohio State has four games in the past two seasons, 2022 and 2021. Versus Notre Dame twice, or versus Notre Dame last year, versus Penn State last year, versus Oregon the year before, versus Penn State the year before. Michigan only has two. So yeah, Ohio State's top dog. Michigan's number two. No one else. Penn State. But every time Penn State cracks this list, they're playing either Michigan or Ohio State. 100%. So you can pretend that four schools out West make up for it. It's just not going to happen. Well, think about it's this. Not, there's not a big market out there for college football. It's not in LA, at least. Imagine a conference with Bama, Texas, Oklahoma, and Michigan. Not to mention LSU. <laughs> not to mention I mean, Georgia. Come on. So, again, and, and this is a thing you've thrown out that I don't think I've seen anywhere else. And it, it, it surprised me today because it's like, who needs more who? You know, it's a classic uh, conversation point in anything. Was it more Brady? Was it more Belichick? Was it more, you know, this coach or was it the player? Yada, yada. The Big Ten needs Michigan. Like, that's an element of this. And they're getting four new schools, and I get that because they want to be a super conference and keep up with the SEC. But Michigan and Ohio State are still going to be the top two teams unless you bring in a Bama. You know, that's going into crazy town a bit. But unless you bring in SEC schools, uh, they have no reason to leave. No, the SEC has no reason to leave because there's no drama going on in the SEC. 
The SEC seems to be drama-free almost all the time, whereas the Big Ten, someone's always mad at someone. These rivalries are petty in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. We're in the SEC. It's, you know what, Alabama, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Alabama, Tennessee, whoever you want, we're just going to go play football, and we're going to settle it on the field, whereas the Big Ten it has to take it to a completely new level, and it gets petty. You bring your brother's law firm, and it just gets ridiculous. <laughs> You're sending people out to other sidelines. Whether or not that stuff's happening in the SEC, it just doesn't matter. Nobody cares. They're just there to play football. So we float out the idea and honestly, shout out to Sam on Facebook because he's the one that commented on our post about this and, you know, kind of brought the idea of the topic to the table. Should Michigan be able to float out the idea of leaving the Big Ten? Is that even worth a conversation? 989-837-6125. Just tickle our fancy for a little bit. Is that at all possible or in the realm of possibilities? And I know a lot of people are screaming no right now, but three years ago, it seemed out of the realm of possibilities that Oregon, Washington, USC, and UCLA could be in the Big Ten. 989-837-6125. We'll keep it going on the payoff fueled by Forward Energy. Back to the payoff on the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Yeah, everybody looks good at home. Sports Radio 100.9. The Mitt. All right, so tell me, entertain us. Should Michigan float the idea out of leaving the Big Ten? Because this has been a game of chicken so far. The Big Ten has threatened to lay the hammer down on Michigan. They haven't done that yet. Michigan has threatened to take legal action if they do. This is like nuclear warfare. If someone sets off a nuclear bomb, everyone's setting off a nuclear bomb. But as long as nobody does anything, well, then we'll all just sit here peaceful. That's what this is right now. As soon as one person takes the first shot, and it seems like that's going to be tomorrow with the Big Ten trying to suspend Harbaugh, Michigan's going to come back immediately, try to get this temporary restraining order in, which I thought kept people away from other individuals, but apparently means Michigan could go to court, U.S. court. They could get involved and basically put a hold on this trial and allow Jim Harbaugh to continue coaching. It's just chaotic. It's a mess. And the SEC, I think, thinks it's hilarious. The SEC is laughing because they don't deal with any of this stuff. The Big Ten is petty. All of these teams are petty, John. It's annoying. Well, they thought there was wrongdoing, you know? I mean, that, that's, that's where it stems from. And maybe this goes on the SEC and they, you know, keep it more secretive or no one's, you know, I, you could say jump the shark in a way. They believe Harbaugh did. They believe Michigan took it to a next level, to a next tier. And they want to retaliate. And and Ohio State, Rutgers, and Purdue didn't. I'm not saying Michigan's (laughs) innocent. I've Mm. said this from the very beginning. There is, in fact, a suspension coming for Jim Harbaugh by the NCAA next year. And it should be harsh. Mm -hmm. But this season, you're you're rushing to judgment. You're not letting due process happen. So if you're going to punish Jim Harbaugh this year... Why is Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Rutgers not also getting in trouble or some sort of punishment being laid down for doing essentially the exact same thing? But in fact, they're not sending Connor Stallions out to go get these signs and decode them. They're just handing each other information. They're all gain, gaining up on Michigan, helping, trying to help Purdue out in the Big Ten Championship last year by giving Purdue all their Michigan signs. And it still didn't work. So why are they not being punished for it? Because they don't have Jim Harbaugh? It's the bulk of allegations, too, remember. It's the amount of stuff. Because not that, again, this should go under the rug with what 
the allegations are with Ohio State, Rutgers, and Purdue in this uh, uh, triangle of something that uh, Huge called it today. Uh, but there's been a lot of elements to this with Michigan. And by the way, I don't know if you saw the report. Federal government's getting involved with this, too. Did you see this? Uh, <laughs> bipartisan. Bipartisan. I, I, there are a few things in society uh, that, you know, politicians can agree on, but a bipartisan statement put out today by members in the House of Representatives of Michigan that are saying uh, the Big Ten shouldn't rush to judgment on this. Due process. Imagine oh! that. <laughs> it's almost like Michigan's Michigan been saying that the entire like, time. Man, I like the federal government now. And it's funny. I didn't, I didn't vote for them, but you know what? They're helping out my Wolverines. And you know what? That's <laughs> funny because it's exactly where Michigan is directly going. They hired lawyers from Washington, D.C., they're getting ready to do that exactly. Bringing U.S. court into this. Who, I can almost guarantee you, will say, yeah, you didn't do due process. You didn't let this play out. So no, you can't suspend Jim Harbaugh. And back to my original point, this seems like a, a loophole in the system anyway. The NCAA is not allowed, to, not allowed to suspend this guy. So they're helping the Big Ten do it, even though the Big Ten's not doing their own investigation. They're basically feeding in leeching off of the NCAAs. Yeah. That, that, that's not right. The, the one thing I would point out too, that I don't like that may happen. And what will be tomorrow. If Harbaugh's suspension comes down for this Saturday on a Thursday, I think that's a bit much. Yes. I, th- I think I would have been hundred percent. This is just me personally here. I would have been okay. If it came down on Monday, even Tuesday of this week where, all right, Harbaugh can't coach against Penn state. He can't coach against Maryland. And then you allow him to coach against Ohio state. You put a two game suspension down in season. That's the only course faction the big 10 takes. If they suspend him for Saturday on Thursday, I don't like that at all. No. Cause that, I, that I think that's purposeful. the big, I, th- I think that's the big 10 just, you know, trying to show who the heck they are, which is Lay, why this is all just a mess. And if Michigan's going to feel like they get short ended here, What's stopping them from looking Tony Petiti in the eye and saying, all right, if you're only going to go after us and you're letting Ohio State, Purdue, and Rutgers get away with this, you're coming after us this season when you know damn well that is not how this should go. Even U.S. court is telling you that. If Michigan feels like they're the ones getting boned by this and Jim Harbaugh feels like that too, which every by all indications, Michigan president, AD, and head coach are all on the same page right now. If Michigan feels like they're getting short-ended, they should threaten to leave the Big Ten. The SEC would be glad to take them. That is a huge hit to the Big Ten. And I don't know. Uh, sure, they'd survive. Sure, you can make the case that these four teams coming from out west are going to help help their ratings. It's not You lose the number one rated game every single year. And for anyone saying, well, that's ridiculous. Michigan and Ohio State will always play each other. We've already lost Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. This year, last weekend, it's the last year they're playing for the time being. We've already lost Oregon versus Oregon State. It's the longest tenured rivalry in college football. So to say that all of this is impossible to happen, at this point in college football, what, what's impossible and what's possible? Feels like anything is on the table any given day. We're on the age, of, or we're in the age of super conferences, and we talked about dream matchups and stuff. I, I think a, a good a uh, portion of the Michigan and Ohio State fan bases obviously would be displeased by this and would want to play them, uh, play each other. But all right, their just, own pettiness you, is getting in the way. You just yeah, you just replace it with Texas. You just replace it with a yearly rival, uh, yearly game against Alabama. And as long as there's you know top flight college football to watch and enjoy, 
I think it'll take a little time, but that will, uh, that can, you know, people will still watch. Because I've been a, and I've been proven wrong on this, not on this show, obviously, because we've only been a month in, but I was a proponent that the college football changes NIL and then delving into these super conferences would hurt the game. It's been the complete opposite. It's, it's, it's been a revital, uh, revitalization of it. The ratings are better across the board for certain games, and it's could have been regarded last 10 years, you know, 15 years ago as turning into a regional sport. College football is turning back into its national power in a way. Look, because you, of, because of these the super conferences and because of these matchups, like I I thought there was like pageantry mattered and it would irk people of all these of all this moving and I didn't like it at first either. But you can't argue with what we've what we've seen. Look, you can you can sit here and bitch about the way college football is going. It's a drastic change and it's simply a different sport. But if you're gonna keep bitching about it, the car's gonna leave you. All of a sudden, you're gonna look up and the car is well down the road. It's going this way with or without you. So you can either enjoy it, learn to like it again, or stop watching. It's going to keep going this way. Hell, there's seven teams in the ACC right now looking for an alternative avenue compared to their ESPN deal that locks them up through, ready, 2036. <laughs> the Big 12's already adding teams, and they're set for the time being with an extension that takes place in 2025 that gets them through 2031. But I can't sit here and tell you by that time, the com- if the ACC disbands, hell, all it takes is seven teams in the ACC. You lose Florida State and Clemson, what do you have? North Carolina? Syracuse, yeah. Sure, Woo-hoo. sure. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. <laughs> it's a good basketball conference. You lose these teams, everyone's rushing out. Mm-hmm. Look what happened in the Pac-12. You lose the two LA teams, Oregon, Washington follow suit, everyone else leaves immediately. Yep. All it takes is Florida and Clemson to leave. I don't care that it's a basketball conference. Football's where the money is. Of course. And that is what every other team in the ACC will do. And if you, if you can't get behind the fact that this is heading towards two super conferences, it's just inevitable. Right now, it's a race to see who can get the best conference, who can get the, most, who can get the best TV deal, worth the most money for the longest period of time, and all that takes is getting all the best programs. Who's going to get you the best ratings in football games? Michigan is certainly one of those schools. Texas is certainly one of those schools. That's why they're joining the SEC. Oklahoma is one of those schools. That's why they're joining the SEC. This is just going to be a grab. Who can we join to make our conference better? And it's going to come down to the Big Ten versus the SEC. And if the Big Ten loses one of their best options, they lose the battle. They might lose the war if that's the case. The ACC is going to not be a thing in the next 10 years. The Big 12 probably won't be a thing in the next 12 years. We're going to inevitably have two super conferences. I'm here for it. I know you were hesitant at it at first, but you're here now. I, I don't know. I, I, I want to see the best matchup. So if it's, it's what it's got to be, the monopolization of it, it is what it is. I, my, my heart's not rooted in it to the same point as your, yours is. You know, I want growing up with a team and, and that's fine. You know, I, I, I grew up as a kid who watched the biggest game each week. I, I was a band. I, I don't like bandwagoners in sports and in sports fandom, but each Saturday as a kid, I'm like, all right, what do I think's the best game? Where's college game day? Where's big noon kickoff? You know, where, where, what am I supposed to be watching? That's how I watched it. And, and you know, but you grew up in New York. You don't yeah. have a, t- like that, you that was have how a I watched team it. to root for. And that's, <laughs> that's fine. So, and you can knock me. I, that's how I watched it. And that, and that's 100% fine. Like who are you supposed to root for Syracuse every week? <laughs> no, I'm like, I'm serious no. at the same time. Like Syracuse, what have they ever had a 10 win year? 
Yeah, I mean, I I don't like the school at all, but I mean, they under Donovan McNabb, they they were pretty good, but that was about it. I was a Rutgers guy, you know this. We're, we're moving on, like <laughs> like college football is moving on, so you can get behind it, or we'll catch you on the other side. We'll catch you on Sundays when NFL's playing. And yeah, and I'll tell you, I mean, Michigan's position to center the point once more. Michigan's positioned where they hold the cards in this scenario. They pick the suit, whether it's the two super conferences, the SEC and the Big Ten and whatever iteration we get of it, those are probably going to be the last two standing, right? The Michi- SEC and the Big Ten? Yeah. Absolutely. M- Michigan, wherever they go, helps that conference be number one, in my opinion. Like, it just, it's just a matter of the fact. Right now, the Big Ten and Michigan are looking at each other, and it's who's going to shoot first. I said yesterday that it'd be the day that all, today that all hell broke loose. All indications are it's tomorrow now. I said yesterday, if it doesn't happen today, it won't ever happen. Well, I guess we're pushing that back another 24 hours. Thank you, Tony Petiti. My goodness. All right, Lions, let's even work some Tigers into this conversation a little bit. A lot to get to. Scott Harris, not so promising comments on free agency. We'll get to it on the payoff fueled by Forward Energy. More of the Great Lakes Bay region's only local sports show. Back to the payoff. Texts are flying in on the sports bar. The Frick Sports Bar text line 989-837-6125. Jay Gladwin says, if the Big Ten punishes Michigan without even doing their own investigation, they should absolutely leave for the SEC. Like you said, the Big Ten needs Michigan more than Michigan needs the Big Ten, which wasn't really like that seems so ridiculous. It almost kind of relates. I know you're going to hate this comparison, John, but it, it kind of relates to the player empowerment movement in the NBA where it's like, okay, obviously these teams hold more power than the players. And then all of a sudden it flipped about a decade ago where the players have more power and they get to decide where they're playing. Some people like it. Some people don't, Mm -hmm. but instead of the conference having all these powers, now all these schools can look at the conference and be like, you need us more than you need me to make money. Yeah. We're going to make whatever conference we're in money. And that was not the case five years ago, three years ago. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a really good comparison, in my opinion, because in the NBA example, they knew, like, listen, people watch the NBA for players, not for teams, right? Like, I, I that's how I look at it. People watch baseball, we're about to get into that, but people watch baseball for their team and then whoever joins their team. But the NBA is an individual sport. Mm-hmm. You know, Brad's a big LeBron fan. You're a big LeBron fan. You're going to watch LeBron wherever he goes, whether it's the Lakers, Cavs, Don't whatever. expose me like that. Well, you John. are. It's what you are, you know? And that's fine. You're still a Pistons fan, but you wish, you know, to your heart of hearts that he would join the, you know, that LeBron would be a Piston one day. We we know this. But the... <laughs> the Describing the, my dreams. That's that's a dream. But it's the same thing. Oh, like the, the schools used to be beholden to, oh, the, the name that was the Big Ten Conference. Oh, the SEC. The oh, hell is the like, Big Ten Conference anymore? There's four teams from California. That's, two that's teams from thing. California it, it, in it. It's becoming, it, that name value doesn't sell. The school's name value sells. And it's, Michigan it's fans, only getting worse. Michigan fans are going to watch Michigan whatever conference they're in. You know? And it's only going to get worse when the ACC inevitably blows up in the next two years. Yep. There's already teams looking for a different avenue. If two teams leave, those two teams being Florida State and Clemson, all hell's about to break loose. Let's switch gears because if I hear Connor Stallion's one more name one more time, I'm gonna my face is gonna blow up. Come on, you love it. Everyone <sighs> does. Do. Everyone's I sitting do. there like, oh no, we gotta stop talking. Ah, it, it brings it gives me energy, man. I'm not even feeling great today, but you know what gave me energy to to, <laughs> to do this Stallions. show? Connor Stallions, baby. <laughs> and you, John R.A. are talking about where is he? Where is he? 
I, I think I That's saw him down the street. That's a question. Where has this guy been? Dude, he's laying low, bro. We haven't seen one picture or video of this guy since anything has come out. But the last thing, by the way, before we get into, uh, into baseball. Connor, you're listening. Love to have you in the studio, man. <laughs> yes. We'll treat you fair Let's an exclusive in. interview. It'd be it'd be uh it'd be ratings gold, as they say. We will I, I just want to talk to you, Connor. I'm not accusing you of anything. For all I know, it could have just been some staffer on the central Michigan sideline. We we got an open mic in here, you know? <laughs> we got a, we, we have extras. Open mics and open minds. Uh, we're there you we're go. open to hear anything you have to say, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> uh you know who else we're open to hear from? Eduardo Rodriguez, because oh, we got to know, my boy. we still are yet to know really what the hell happened at the trade deadline last year for the Tigers. They try to send him out to LA to the Dodgers, our affiliation to the loons. And he basically says, nah, nah, mm-hmm. I'm not going out to LA. I'm not waving my no trade clause now because he's so happy in Detroit. He set up his life here. His family's happy here. All right. I got no problem with that. But then you just opted out of your contract. Huh. All right. Well, that, that means he's going to re-sign a different contract, right? And lock him in even, even longer. Well, let's look at some of these Scott Harris quotes from the last 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Scott Harris. We have our evaluation of him locked in because we got to see it firsthand. I can't comment on whether we have interest in bringing him back, but I can wish him the best of luck in free agency. What does that tell you, John? <laughs> He's as good as gone, if you ask me. Yeah, and, and he said today, because this was at Arizona in the general manager meeting, he said he's in a, Harris did, he's in a, a tricky spot here. He can't talk about him because he's now a free agent. He can't, because he can't even say, oh, was there conversations? Because I think there had to be conversations with the Tigers and Rodriguez, and you think Detroit. There was, they talked to him. Yeah. You, Scott Harris and Eduardo Rodriguez had a conversation. Yeah, you, you would think there was, hey, you know, stay, obviously, but I, it, it's tough. I mean, D- Detroit... It's been drama it's, since the beginning since but, but he's been here. It's just so hard to not look at this as a loss. And we'll get into the fact that they have it now cap space loss. and are going to be able to, I think, try and lure some starting pitchers. And I'll get into the starting pitcher market because I think it's an underrated one. But he toyed with you, you know, and you got no value back from if he, if he walks and joins, you know, anywhere else, which is tough. Not to mention <laughs> when you had a deal in place, when it was at the 11th hour, as they said, and, and, not and it to, didn't go through. And also at the same time, like we can blame it on Eduardo Rodriguez, but like Scott Harris, why didn't you ask Eduardo Rodriguez if he was okay with this? If he had a no trade clause in the first place, mm-hmm. why are you even trying to get a deal done? If you know, he's not going to go to LA. And I just thought su- he was, I swear to God, if he signs with the Dodgers, <laughs> I hope he never throws another strike again. Uh, he's going to the angels. That's where uh, Ron Washington just got hired. Sure. <laughs> sure. And, and let's not forget like the first year he was here when he was just away from the, no, that was, this was last year when he was just away from the team for three months mm-hmm. due to personal reasons. Yeah. John, if you had, if you had some personal stuff going on, mm-hmm. would you be allowed to just leave and still get paid? Well, no, actually I, I take that back. I he mean, wasn't I, paid. I, I run the show around here. So yes, but I'm a bad <laughs> example. No, I mean, like, no, I mean, yeah, obviously any other job, uh, you're just not, you're not allowed to just leave for three months. Yeah, it's but it's to your point earlier, you know, more and more the players hold the power, which it has its good and it has its bad. How about where, I, where Eduardo could sort of dictate his terms to the Tigers? How about I read you another quote that Scott Harris said? It was his decision. He walked away from forty nine yep. million dollars. <laughs> Bye. Well, he's going to get more. 
I hope so. And that's I, really I mean, that's so. why he did. He was set to make eighteen million dollars this year. And to be fair, the line, uh, the Tigers don't have really anything on the payroll for this season. They could have paid him, and it would have been fine. They have seventy one million dollars on next year's payroll. Mm-hmm. Ten teams already have doubled that heading into the year. The Tigers have no reason you you lost. You didn't cash in on them at the trade deadline. You lost. Let's not whine and complain about it. Let's not harp on that for too long. Go upgrade. Eduardo Rodriguez was great last year. Go get someone better. You have $71 million on the payroll last uh, going into next year. There is no salary cap. You don't have to go be the New York Mets and pay out $220 million, mm-hmm. but go spend some money. Go Find a pitcher who can be your everyday ace. I get Scoobles there. I get Mises coming back. You have a few more prospects in your rotation and coming up through the system, but you have to go get someone who's better than Eduardo Rodriguez. If you're just going to let him walk, it can't be for nothing. This division's wide open. Wide open next season. Mm-hmm. You're not, I'm not saying you have to put together a World Series roster, but there is zero reason they can't do enough moves over the course of the next six months to try to win this division and go win this division. We already saw them make one move with Mark Hanna. He's 34 years old. It was a nice move. That's 262 last year, 11 home runs, 800 OPS. There's not going to be some blockbuster deal there waiting for the Tigers. But when they can do is continue to add nice pieces like they did last week when they made that trade. Yeah. And, and a, a note that jumped out to me, and this was from the athletic uh, today only Tiger on a guaranteed deal, uh, guaranteed deal past 2024 is your boy Javier Baez. Do not so ever they have, call him that again. <laughs> so they have a lot to play with. The, the market, by the way, and let me know. I'll tell you if I think they're better than Rodriguez, but Blake Snell is going to be on the market. Certainly is. Jordan Montgomery, Certainly who was great for Texas. Sonny Santino Gray, who was one of the best pitchers in the American League this year. Mm-hmm. Lucas Giolito, Marcus Stroman. Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola. That's another one, too, and probably the uh, the crown jewel, if you will, of that class coming up. But he's going to be, you know, money, six years, 180. I, I, I might argue there's a different crown jewel. Who is that? I'm going to butcher it. Oh, Yamamoto? Yamamoto. I'm yeah, so glad luck. you said it first. You, you, you beat me to it. It's 25- Yoshibu Yamamoto. Yoshibu Yamamoto. Yeah. 25 years old. Yeah, he's a stud. One of the best prospects we've had in Japan and since Shohei Otani. 1.25 ERA in Japan last season. This is the second best league in all of baseball, ladies and gentlemen. This is the team that beat the United States in the oh, World Baseball I Classic. Bring that up. Just being honest, we got to put some respect on this league. He's played seven seasons pro league in Japan. 1.82 ERA. If you do the math, yeah, that means he's been pitching in that league since he was 18 years old. Why can't the Tigers go get him? Give me a good reason why the Tigers can't go get him. Spend some money. You gotta spend money. Go find some international guys. <laughs> they How, don't want him. It's been forever since the Tigers have landed someone in the farm system or one of these guys that just come straight to the league from well, overseas. I mean, or they finally, out of the country. They finally have the money to do it. Miguel Cabrera is off the books now. Right. Like, there's no excuses. The there's no excuses heading into next season. This division was one of the worst divisions in sports last year. Then they, the Tigers, as much as they sucked, were not that much out of it by the end of the season. So make some trades, sign a free agent or two. I'm okay with overpaying for guys. I'm Mr. Conservative when it comes to the market. But 
when the division is this open, it's a you have to go overpay for some guys. Because guess what? Say you overpay for them. Everyone's complaining about it. Everyone's worried you sign the next Javi Baez contract. <laughs> but guess what? If you win the division, none of it matters. If you win the pennant race, nobody cares. Go spend money, Scott. You have to. Because I simply cannot sit here and watch another miserable season of the Tigers. There were some sparks last year for the first time in a long time. Now light it up. No excuses going into 2024. Absolutely none. All right. I promised you some, t- some uh, Detroit Lions talk. Are oh, they yeah, pretenders? Are they contenders? We'll do it next on The Payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. The Payoff continues. More from the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. There's a lot of talk right now about the Detroit Lions from a national standpoint. Are they pretenders or are they contenders? And as much as that bothered me at the very beginning, let's just face it. The Lions have played three playoff teams, and they're one and two against those two teams. They lost to Seattle, and they lost to the Ravens. You're only going to have two real tests the rest of the season. Chargers, Cowboys. You can end up with 12 wins and be the two seed in the conference. But if you look back and you have played four playoff teams and are one and three against them, theoretically, of course, what are you really supposed to take with that going into the playoffs? Because unless you get the two seed, you're not playing some bum. If you get the two seed, you're probably playing a bum. Let's just be honest. But if you somehow fall into the three seed or hell, you get the one seed. And even if you get the home field advantage in the first round by you're playing teams like Seattle, San Francisco, Philadelphia, San Francisco or Seattle is going to be a wildcard team. The Cowboys also are going to be a wildcard team. Those aren't teams you should mess around with. So it brings up the point. Are the Lions pretenders or are they contenders? And I think a lot of these questions are going to be answered on Sunday. Because if the Lions don't show up, I'm not sure what else they could do the rest of the year for me to be really confident going into the playoffs. This is going to be very interesting down the stretch as we get a text rolling in on the Frick Sports Bar text line. Are we last year's Minnesota Vikings? They had 13 wins on the season. They were incredible in the regular season. A million fourth quarter wins. A million one score wins. Then they go into the playoffs. They play John's Giants. And John, what happens? Danny Dimes throws for uh, (laughs) almost 300 yards, runs for almost 100. Saquon has himself a day, and the Giants win in a shootout. And then Danny Dimes gets $160 million. He did. It was a great deal, actually. And now it's looking like one of the best deals in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, for guys with torn ACLs, of course. But if the Lions really are next year's, this year's Minnesota, it gets really concerning because you're unless you lock up that two seed and are playing, you know, uh, whoever makes that seventh seed wild card, whether it's Atlanta or someone in the NFC South, Vikings potentially. The point is the Lions aren't going to be tested for the remainder of the season. And you have to collect a bunch of information based on the Lions beating up on bad teams. A lot of people call the Dolphins bullies. They thrash the teams that are below them. And they don't beat teams above 500. Cowboys, very similar. Cowboys throttle 
these teams. What the, what was the score of your Giants game week one against the Cowboys, John? 40 nothing. 40 to nothing. Mm-hmm, and what great. happened when the Cowboys played San Francisco? Another <laughs> butt kicking by San Francisco. Cowboys didn't know how to respond. They're bullies. They beat up on the teams below them. Mm. They can't hang with people their size. I really hope the Lions aren't this year's Minnesota, John. And I really hope the Lions aren't bullies that beat up on the worst teams and don't show up against the great teams. Now, I'm willing to, you know, I said that Baltimore game kind of scarred me. Baltimore did the same thing to Seattle. Yeah. And it kind of just seems like Lamar Jackson doesn't lose the NFC teams. No. Just doesn't happen. They don't get enough experience against them. You play them once every four years. You're just not equipped to play Lamar Jackson. But... And if he's going to do that to all the NFC teams, I guess I'm willing to forgive that performance a little bit more. But that Seattle game, what on earth happened? Mm-hmm. You let someone like Geno Smith, who maybe doesn't run a ton, but is certainly capable of extending plays. He sat in the pocket all day long, moved around, very comfortable, and picked us apart. John, what's the key to beating the Lions? It's getting after Goff very early. Getting him off his rhythm. It's stopping the run. And it's having a quarterback who's very good at escaping pressure and extending plays and letting his receivers get open. Kind of sounds exactly like the Chargers. Chargers are six against the run this year. They have two two elite pass rushers, second in sacks, and they've played one less game. And on top of all that, they have Justin Herbert, who maybe isn't running down the field north and south the way Lamar Jackson is but extends plays and runs around behind the line of scrimmage just as good as anybody in the league, not named Patrick Mahomes. They're about to get tested on Sunday. I get it. The Chargers 4-4 four and four have been mostly disappointing. Lions, complete opposite, have been extremely exciting throughout the whole course of the season. But this game makes me a little nervous. It's not a good matchup. And say what you want about the Chargers. It's a team capable of going toe-to-toe with anyone in the NFL. Are the Lions? Mm-hmm. No, it's great questions, and we you know answered some questions yesterday. And you can go back on the podcast, the payoff on all four big platforms, if you want to go back to yesterday's show. But you answered the pressing questions. What makes this week great? And again, still have the Cowboys down the season or down the uh, tail end of the season. Still have the Vikings twice in the final three weeks, which but, is scary. But this is the first week where. You honestly feel, Ben, there's no excuses. And you could say, oh, there's no excuses. It's the National Football League. But as close to fully healthy as this team's been all year, right? 50, 53 guys healthy. I mean, no one's hurt. Right? There, there's no, I'm sure maybe there's a question mark or some soreness, whatever, in practice no, there, reports. There's legitimately no nothing. one on the injury report so, right now. Right? Montgomery's back at everything. Everybody. So you should beat this LA team. You don't have to do it with a backup back, even though he's been great in Gibbs. You have, you have that, you know. Well, now you got them both. Yeah, you You got got a healthy offensive line that should play up to the billing against one of the best pass rushes and Mac and Bosa on both sides. Like this is the game where you reestablish yourself in a way. And and guess it is. And in a season of not doing it a lot, because like like uh, we talked about with being last year's uh, Minnesota, the schedule is what the schedule is. Right? You can't. Oh, let's play a tougher team so we're ready for the postseason. You play who's uh, in front of you and who's scheduled. But this is, these are one of these games where, yeah, you've played contenders so far this year and there's been question marks or not your best performances. You have a chance to make up for that this Sunday. It's the 425 game. You got Nance and Romo. It's a big deal. 405. 405. 405. You got to get after be, Justin Herbert. Yeah. yeah. And this is, again, like an L.A. team that's 4-4. Four four. They've had hurdles. But they're, 
I think they're excelling at the right time. Two straight national TV games where they've won, where they showed up against mm-hmm. maybe lesser opponents. Sure. But they're, they're coming into their own at the right time. And the Lions, the last two seasons, have come around on the second half. That's where they've played their best football. Mm-hmm. What I really hope is that that continues in this season. Because what would be awful is if you lose this game to LA, then what am I supposed to take from whether you win or lose against the next games after this? Home Chicago, home Green Bay on Thanksgiving, at New Orleans, at Chicago, home Denver. What am I supposed to take away from that? None of those are great teams. I'm not supposed to... Any of those wins. You could beat up on all those teams, and I I still am going to look back at the Chargers game, the Ravens game, and the Seattle game and say, what's our record against those teams? And I understand you beat the Chiefs. Let's... We're going to keep congratulating ourselves on that, and that's something I think a lot of Lions fans are going to hold on to for a really long time as a solid argument. Well, we beat the Kansas City Chiefs. That was, what, 10 weeks ago now. Mm -hmm. By the end of the season, that's 18 weeks ago. Teams change, man. I'm not saying the Lions got worse, but I can assure you the Chiefs will get better. Did the Lions get better, or did they peak in week one? That's what kind of is concerning me right now. Because if you get throttled by the Chargers, or if the Chargers just end up on top because a because Jared Goff wasn't enough, Lions couldn't score enough points, Lions couldn't establish the run, or because the Lions couldn't get to Justin Herbert. He's very good at navigating the pocket, escaping, extending plays, letting his receivers get open. You know what would help that? Constant pressure. The Lions have failed to generate that against great quarterbacks who can move. They have completely failed to do that. They had one sack, com- one combined sack against Geno Smith, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. All these guys capable of extending plays, they don't get to them. They're going to be tested on Sunday. So whether or not the Lions are pretenders or contenders, I genuinely think comes down to this Sunday at 4.05. We will once and for all know. Because if they beat up on this Chargers team, then we know they're for real. And I don't, I don't want to hear from anyone, well, the Chargers have been terrible this year. They're four and five now. You, congratulations, you beat up on a team below 500 now. The Chargers are extremely talented. They dealt with a ton of injuries. They have one of the best quarterbacks in the league, two of the best pass rushers. Well, maybe Mac's not one of the best anymore, but certainly still capable of getting you sacks. Got nine this year. He this, nine, this is I would test. say he's pretty good then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a sack a game. Maybe it's, he's not his peak, but... Those are two of the premier edge rushers. Yeah. This is a true test. So we better be ready. I'm glad the Lions are fully healthy now. Because this one's going to be important, especially if you want that one seed. John, I know the, you, don't, you don't struggle with the same grief that a lot of the Lions fans do, <laughs> that they haven't won a playoff game since 1991. Mm-hmm. Do you think it'd be more important to get that first round by, secure home field advantage, in the second round where you're potentially playing Cowboys, Eagles, Niners, Seattle? Or do you think it would be more beneficial to get that two seed, still have home field advantage for round one, and destroy whoever that seven seed ends up being, whether it's the Falcons, whether it's the Bucks, Saints, pick whoever you want. Home field's crucial. So you, one, you seed, got, you one got, seed, yeah. I, Forget the playoff win? It's got to, that's got to, that's the goal. We've talked about it. That's the goal. All right. It's got to be home field advantage. That's how you win in the postseason. You know how else you win in the postseason? You have edge rushers who can get to the quarterback. Uh, we'll see. Who's edge, who's, uh, edge rushers play better on Sunday? 
Yeah, we will. <laughs> um, last night. Oh yeah. Best, rival, it up, best, right? best rivalry in the state of Michigan. Maybe I, I actually was talking about this uh, with my friend the, uh, earlier today. Sure. Best football game on best sporting event on yesterday. No NBA regular season NHL. College Red, Red Wings Rangers is pretty entertaining. You know what? I was also thinking about that. <laughs> we should start. You know, I, I'd say this after my team loses. So I kind of get out of the uh, I, I duck the punch here. Mm. Next time the Wings and uh, and Rangers play, you got a you got a Rangers jersey. Of course, I might have to come in and make you wear a Wings jersey and take a picture and post it on Facebook if nice. if the Wings end up winning. Well, I, I'm gonna I can check. do I can do vice versa. They got they got to play again somewhat soon, right? You kind of getting me off topic. Uh, I was. I was we go- got a minute left. So. I was going to talk about <laughs> CMU and that Western game. Oh, that was that was just brutal, man. That was so devastating. I know I talked to you a little bit about it before we went on. Um, I don't have a ton to say about it, but John, would you like to to relay a message to the people regarding Jim McElwain's one and one and four record against Western Michigan, your it's, rival, your biggest game of the year? It's not great, Bob. Not great. <laughs> You gotta win those games. <laughs> I have no message. Game of the year. You gotta win those games. It's the biggest game I, of the I ta- year. I talked about the importance, you know, and I make the joke with Fleck when he got the job in Minnesota, and you got you can go one and eleven, right? You beat if you beat the Broncos, you're okay, right? That's how you feel. That's how the fan base feels. No one, a lot no of people one cares feel. about the quick and lanes bowl. No one cares about the quick. Final thing before we go, by the way, I don't think we're gonna be able to catch a Rangers Red Wings game. They played the Garden on the 29th of November. No, I'm not saying we have to go. I'm saying then, whoever wins has to wear the yeah, other team's I, jersey. The I want to go day. to a game, you know, bring Brad along too, so he could actually watch some good uh, sports in the uh, LCA for a bit. You suck. They, Rangers play Red Wings April 5th. That's our opening day with the Loons. It's my it's birthday. Tough. Is it really? It is. 5th of April, huh? The 5th of April. Mark it in your calendars, everybody. It's going to be a fun day. Uh, because the Loons play, of course. Not because, yeah, no, of yeah, course. Because <laughs> of course. it's the Loons season debut. All right, everyone. I hope everyone had a good time on today's edition of the payoff. I'm rocking solo tomorrow. John. Yeah. He's going to be out of the office doing yeah. important business things. Yeah. I'm, I'm on assignment. So solo you uh, tomorrow and Friday. It's going to, it's going to be fun though. I got a lot of fun stuff. Planned you, got, out. you got a lot of stuff to preview. We haven't even touched Michigan Penn state on the gridiron this week. Uh, perhaps I'll do that tomorrow. There you go. Hope the payoff was worth it. Everybody. From the Blazy Electric Studios, this is Sports Radio 100.9 The Mitt, WLUN, Pinconning Bay City, Saginaw Midland.